Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. We all have a set of eyes, inshallah. And all of our eyes are pointed outwards. So we see what's in front of us. Um, and we don't see ourselves. We all look at each other, but none of us look at ourselves. Uh, it's the way we're focused. We were set up this way from the beginning. Man looks out. One of the great mysteries in existence is that by looking out, you can't see in. And looking in is not done with your eyes. So we all have eyes, and we all look out, and we end up in a relationship with what we see. And we react to what we see. And we do things in accordance with what we see. Now, what we see with this eyes is the world, and the world is illusory. So we are constantly looking at a situation that is temporary and illusory, and we treat that as reality. Then out of somewhere, someone comes along and says, this is all false. This is all a lie. This isn't real. And what you see is not the truth. Well, where do you look to find the truth? Well, you're not going to find it with your eyes. You're not going to find it by looking outside of yourself. Perspective has to change. And you have to begin looking inside yourself. But there's more. All of the relationships that you have with what you see outside have to be suspended. You have to give them up. You have to not treat them as your reality. There is another reality that is real, and this reality has to be understood for its impermanence. So, not only do we have to begin to look inside, we have to create a relationship with the outside that doesn't stop us from looking inside. Because as long as we are consumed with our external relationships, we don't have time or inclination or desire to look inside. We're caught up in all of the outside things. And what are these outside things? These outside things either give us pleasure or give us pain, either bring us praise or bring us blame. So we are trapped in a world 
of pleasure and pain, of praise and blame, and of trying to avoid one and get to the other. There is a uh, understanding that at the time of the prophet, people understood God through the prophet. His presence was enough to instill the fervor of belief in them. And that belief became more important than anything else. When that generation passed and the prophet passed, there was still the memory of the prophet and the memory of that strong belief in Allah and that strong adherence to Allah alone exists and Allah is the only reality. Well, that generation passed and the memory of the Prophet passed with them. So people began to institute a formal way of being, uh, a formal etiquette um, towards each other to remember the way people acted at the time of the Prophet. And that generation passed. And when that generation passed, people remembered that at one time they remembered, and at one time they acted appropriately towards each other, (coughs) and that wasn't going on anymore. So now they felt shame. So that shame brought them closer to Allah. And then that passed, and that generation died. And then man was put into the place where his main purpose was to gain pleasure and to avoid pain. And that's the state of the world now. The world is avoiding pain and trying to gain pleasure. But in this methodology, in this idea, what they do is they actually cause more pain and create less pleasure. Because when you make the outside world what's real, and you make the events of the outside world that which is most important, you fall away from truth, and you enter into situations that are destructive. What happens is, as people want to gain pleasure, and they decide what it is that gives them pleasure, they begin to use aggression to get what they want. They begin to use aggression to avoid what they think they don't want. And in that use of aggression, they create a reciprocal circle where that aggression comes back at them. So in this attempt to secure pleasure in the world through aggressive means, you end up having aggression come at you. Do not try to harm someone else, for that harm will return to you. Do not try to subdue someone else, because you will become 
subdued. The interaction that we have with others has to be a kind or at worst neutral interaction so that we don't create karma. And what is karma? That which keeps us from the truth. And as we have aggressive interactions with other people, as we try to cause harm to other people, we cause harm to ourselves. And then we are caught in a circle of trying to undo the harm that we caused ourselves, all because we couldn't release ourselves from praise and blame, all because we couldn't release ourselves from trying to avoid pain and strive for pleasure. Somehow, this disconnect with the world has to occur within us and become real. In other words, our positive energy can't come from the world. Our influences can't come from the world. They have to come from an internal place. We have to become set in a way that we are centered within ourselves and we are not dependent on outside sources for us to find our center. Because you're not going to find your center outside of yourself. The only reality is inside of yourself. So any center you try to find outside of yourself is a false center. For instance, if you get your equilibrium from your job, it's a false center. If you get your equilibrium from your fame, it's a false center. If you get your equilibrium from your wealth, it's a false assumption and a false center. So as long as we look outside of ourselves at these things that we think we need, as these desires we think are important to fulfill in our life, we are creating false assumptions, false centers, and false ideas about who we are and how we are and what makes us function and what gives us credence and importance in the world. We create the big lie and we believe in it. The truth is inside of yourself. And the truth does not have to do, does not have to do with the elemental world. There is a non-elemental world where our true center lies and where our true connection to reality exists. And these eyes see the elemental world. So we have to find a way to connect to that which is non-elemental. 
And to make that the core of ourselves, the core of our center. People can't measure compassion. They can't weigh compassion. All of the things that you can do with elements, you can't do with the non-elemental. Yet, (coughs) we are very aware, very aware of the reality of compassion. We are very aware of the reality of mercy. We are very aware of the reality of kindness and love. We've all been in a situation where we were distraught and out of nowhere kindness approached us. Kindness came and helped us. Mercy came and somehow helped us. It could have been your mother when you were little. It could have been your wife. It could have been your husband. It could have been a friend. But somebody truly cared. And they pushed themselves out of the way at that moment to care and to give you aid. Now, we have professional aid givers like that. The EMTs that drive around in the ambulances. This is what they do. This is their purpose. They go around to give people aid in their time of need. Now, think about it. These people have thought through what they want to do with their life, what's going to be their occupation and profession, and they have chosen to be the ones that give aid in the time of great difficulty to people. The churches have priests and ministers who, if they are directing... um, themselves appropriately have given up their own lives for the sake of others. They come to minister to others. What does the word minister mean? It means to give to others, to minister to others. As we walk through our life, one of the ways that we can come closer to Hak, the truth that is God, to the reality that is God, is to lose ourselves in ministering to others, in helping others. The Kalima in Sufism, La ilaha illallah, I do not exist, only God exists, comes into action when we disappear and put somebody else before us and in front of us and we give up ourselves to help them. We give up our needs to help them. Now, a number of things are going on here at one time. And one of the very important ones is we give up our own needs. We give up our own desires. We release ourselves from the slavery to our needs 
and to our desires. And for that moment that we give assistance, we become free of everything that has held us captive. Why? Because we've learned how to give. And in giving, God gives you freedom. In releasing yourself, God gives you freedom. God elevates you to his status. That is the giver. So when you give, you become la ilaha illallah. When you truly, when you truly disappear in service, you become la ilaha illallah. It's one of the ways to escape the world. And saints, customarily, have given up their ambitions, their desires, their needs in order to help others. Well, what are we talking about all the time? We're talking about releasing ourselves from the attachments to the world. We're talking about giving up our desires in the world. We're talking about becoming free of the attachment to praise and blame, becoming free of the attachment to pleasure and pain. And how does this freedom occur? Through selflessness. It's right in there, in the word. It describes itself. Selflessness. Without the self. Now, we can be without the self in prayer, and we can be without the self in assistance. But every time that we aid, give aid, in the world, this is prayer. Because what does prayer do? It brings us closer to God. And what does work on behalf of others do? It brings us closer to God. So every time you give a smile to somebody, it's a prayer. Every time you show compassion to somebody, it's praying. Every time you show mercy to somebody, it's praying. It is the act of praying. It is la ilaha illallahu in action. So we need... To do both. We need to be in the meditative state where we disappear, and then we have to turn ourselves into action, where we also disappear, where we give away. Where instead of holding on and instead of needing, we supply the needs of others. Now, we have to be very careful, of course, into what needs we supply. There can't be frivolity here. There has to be the essence of essential, of the essence of what people really need. The essence of what people need to take into themselves. When we give something to someone, it should also come with an explanation of truth as best as you know it. You should bring your truth into the world. You should bring your truth to other people as you are capable of bringing that truth to other people. We meditate to bring that truth into ourselves, and we act in the world to bring that truth as best we can into the world. It is our obligation to be released from the chains of illusion, 
and it is our obligation to show others what it's like to be released from the chains of illusion. We can't be jealous. It's contrary to all of the rules and regulations of truth. It's contrary to being a Sufi. Well, if you're jealous, you just might not be a Sufi. If you carry anger, you just might not be a Sufi. If, if, if you show great need constantly, you're not being a Sufi. So ask yourself, what is Sufism? What is it that I'm trying to do? What is it that I'm trying to understand? And am I exemplifying that which is the exemplar of Sufism? Am I truly being that which I'm trying to call myself? There was a 14th or 12th century joke. Sufism used to be a way without a name. Now it's a name without a way. And that was uh, 800 years ago. How about now? What are we doing to exemplify that which we hold as our standard? What is the extent of our self-reflection? And how often are we involved in that self-reflection? Or are we busy reflecting everybody else? Are we busy telling everybody else what they do right and what they do wrong? And in the meantime, we don't see our own faults. Uh, I believe Jesus said, we see the speck in somebody else's eye, but we don't see the log in our own. We have to become clear. We have to become clean. And we have to take this cleanliness and bring it in to the world. We have to become a salve in the world. And if we can do that, then we're doing God's work. And if we do God's work, we become God's friend. And if we become God's friend, we're saved from illusion. And if we are saved from illusion, we begin to understand the secrets of reality. And if we understand the secrets of reality, we understand the nature of our Creator. And if we understand the nature of our Creator, we begin to know our Lord. And if we begin to know our Lord, we are saved from the illness of death that is given to every man. And we are taken to that place that is eternal with our Lord. But to do that, we have to become real. Real in the sense of hak, not real in the sense of the world. And this takes us out of the circle of karma. It takes us out of the circle of life and death and reincarnation. It takes us out of all of the circles. It takes us out of the treadmill that man is constantly running on and puts us among the circle of saints and puts us 
among the people who are chosen by Allah as his. There are 73 different tribes in the world. Only one tribe does not have to go through judgment. And that's the tribe that has surrendered to Allah in this lifetime. That's the group that has died to the illusions of the world (coughs) and only sees reality as Allah. And we have to practice that. This is, this is something that we have to contemplate regularly and make part of our being. And that's how we become that way. And we have to be ready to assist. When the EMT gets a call, they move. They go to the aid of people. When we see people in need, we need to do something to the best of our ability. We have to be able to put Allah's reality into action. And it has to be through giving, not through all of these bizarre thoughts that people have about bringing other people into religions, about forcing people to do things in certain ways. It's not about that. It's about giving. It's not about taking. It's not about taking life. It's about giving life. We have to become the ones who gladly give, who automatically give, whose intention is constantly to give. Allah is a cornucopia of grace and kindness and goodness overflowing with everything. When we begin to give with his intention, his cornucopia opens up to us. And the more we give, the more we get to give. So if you begin to give love, Allah showers you with more love so that you can continue to give love. If you give mercy, Allah showers you with more mercy so that you can continue to give mercy. There's no end to what you can give once you have connected to Haq with your intention to do what's good through His reality. We don't need to be afraid that there's not going to be enough. We don't need to be afraid that we've given away too much. You can't give away too much. Allah has a never-ending everything. And when we believe that, we become different. Because our attachment to Him becomes closer. And as our attachment to Him becomes closer, our inclinations and intentions in this world become His intentions in this world. And then, walking with His intentions 
The chains are cut from pain and pleasure. The chains are cut from praise and blame. The chains are cut from desire and the need to fulfill desires. There are no desires in the world that can be fulfilled. You can never be famous enough. You can never be rich enough. You can never lust enough. There's no end to it. Because it's not satisfying. Peace is not found in the world. Peace is a name of Allah. Peace, Salaam, belongs to Allah. And if you take your stand with Allah, then peace can be yours. But it can't be yours in the world. So, why is there this constant frustration in the world? Why is there this constant aggression in the world? Why are things constantly disruptive and causing great pain? Because people are looking to find satisfaction in the world. They're looking to resolve things with the world. They're looking to resolve things in places where they can't be resolved. We need to know that the only resolution is with Allah. The only place that we can find peace is with Allah. And we have to turn our gaze inwardly. And when that gaze goes inwardly, then we have the chance to resolve our difficulties to resolve our disputes, to resolve our karma, to resolve all the things that burden us. May that day come for each of us when we are turned internally and when we see the truth that is our Lord and begin to know that reality. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbi Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.